Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's Sunday. You're listening to Queering the Air. Um, yep, with J&T. How's it going? Um, we have a interesting show lined up for you today, hopefully. We've got um, <coughs> an interview with a um, Babak Saeed, who's a queer Afghani writer and performer and editor. Um, so that'll be coming up soon. We're just going to play a song for you first. Hi, you're back on um, Queering the Air um, with JNT. We're just going to go to the um, interview now. So that was, um, what was that song called? <laughs> it was by Nico Case and it was called Prison Girls. Um, and we're going to go to an interview now. Um, so hopefully you enjoy it. It's by, um, it's we're interviewing um, Babak Syed. Um who is a queer and Afghani writer, performer, um, editor and student of literature. 
um, about an article they recently did for Archer magazine on the pink washing of Melbourne Pride and a few other things too. So hopefully you enjoy. Uh, hello, listeners. Um, you're listening to Clearing the Air. Um, today we have on the show Babak Said. Um, and yeah, we were going to talk to them today about a bunch of different stuff. Um, so how are you going? Yeah, I'm wonderful. So we've been talking a bit. Um, you wrote an article recently about the pink washing of Melbourne Pride. Um, and I guess in that article it mentions at the end that you're an academic and activist, so I just wanted to ask you about some of your um, interests in those areas as as a queer person and a person of colour and about how you identify maybe too. Mm-hmm. Well, my t- to start off with, uh, my, my, my research interests at the moment lie in post-colonial eco-criticism. So what that means is I'm tracing environmental spaces in two post-colonial Indian novels written in English by Arundhati Roy and Salman Rushdie to demonstrate that these authors depict journeys into the forest as fantasies for the restoration of their fractured, hybridized migrant selves. Yeah. So it's very hard to condense, um, like, you know, a thesis into into a little, like, tidbit. But I'm, I'm interested in it because I obviously have, like, a very personal impetus in it, having, um... Afghan ancestry and yeah. Afghan ethnicity, yeah. and both countries, in different ways, resonate continually resonate with a, like a colonial legacy and colonial oppression, regardless of this kind of moniker of post-colonialism. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my research interest, looking at like environmental spaces and like the migrant experience um, in India. As far as my activism, which began way back in in high school in Virginia, where I went to school um, through Students for a Democratic Society, I'm being led now to working for Archer Magazine, which is a fantastic progressive publication based out of Australia that deals with sexual and gender (coughs) diversity. Um, I, I, I attended the protest um, at Midsummer's Pride March a couple of weekends ago now. Yeah. And... Yeah, I was going to ask you about, um, yeah, what led you to write that article too, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I really, I couldn't put a lid on my outrage. Yeah. It was, it was horrifying. Like, I thought it would... So you were close to the events where the, the queer protesters... Absolutely. ...were protesting the Pride March got attacked. I came towards the end before they disbanded. But, um, yeah, I also watched video footage and kind of dealt with the crowd in the aftermath who let fly all kinds of ridiculous, oppressive, aggressive comments about the protesters. Yeah. And one thing I found particularly shocking was, aside from the violence, the ignorance about the markers the protesters used to identify themselves and identify their cause. Yeah. B- 
because for me that's quite self-evident when I see a trans flag that they're on my side, that mm. they, not to attack them, that, they, that they're maybe used to that already. Mm-mm-mm. But for, for me to be surrounded by the gay to put it bluntly, mm. and witness these kind of stratified layers of like lateral violence I was I was just I was really horrified so I decided to write an article for Archer kind of aggregating the story with the history of pinkwashing with the kind of the the the, like ethically compromised financing of Midsummer's Pride yeah um, you mentioned like the Jetstar stuff. Yeah, Jetstar. The ANZ stuff. Or and was it NAB? It's NAB. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, and AGL. And yeah, it's, it's, I kind of, um, what I, what I still have, have serious questions about is, is why Midsummer, it's, it's Midsummer's March, you know? Why there is an organization behind, a pride march mm, which mm. should be so like community run which should be so like bottom up yeah and if and if an organization and a festival needs needs corporate funding that's one thing they have venue hire they have timetabling they have <laughs> so much stuff to that that maybe need money although i don't at all agree with where they're getting it from mm. what my concern is with the Pride March being owned and co-opted itself by an organisation that has such ethically fraught financing Mm-mm. because f- to gather a community together and march down the street should need no more than, you know, like basic bottom-up organising and it should definitely not need the financing of Jetstar yeah, totally. who are responsible f- or involved at least in the deportation of queer and gender diverse mm. refugees and asylum seekers or NAB who's it, yeah. associated with Transfield. Yeah, aside from the... Because it's interesting that you're talking about history and I guess aside from the corporations, is there anything that like that, that else that really surprised you about the, just the people who were getting upset with the protesters and attacking them and stuff like that? Yeah. I received a lot of um, backlash from Midsummer, obviously, but also from people arguing that it's not the time and the place for a protest like that. That's what I got a lot of. Yeah. You know, like, sure, have that opinion, but you should have sat to the side. They should have sat to the side and yeah. um, and, and 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 done it done it over there, you know, not in our backyard. Kind of reproducing yeah. that like almost colonial mentality. Why do you say colonial? Just because that ideal of like kind of demarcation and like separation is something that kind of um, colonial oppressors have historically used to divide and conquer. Yeah. Um, so dem- demarcation and separation of like, of like, this is our space and you mm, should do this in your space. Mm, exactly. Or? Because I think um, what I also received is a lot of people putting their support behind the motives and the, like of, of the protesters, but yeah. saying they were ignorant about why they were there, which yeah. is 
you know, part of the problem. Mm. If you can't read Queer's result, re- Revolt in a banner or you can't read a trans flag, if you can't hear the chants of no pride in pinkwashing, no pride in deportation, mm. or if you're not, like, privy to it those struggles... like you're not listening. Or- yeah, exactly. Like, those voices are there. Mm. Those voices are shouting and they've been shouting for so long. Mm. The problem has always been the lack of listening. And that's so true for so many colonial narratives, actually. Like, mm. the, the the idea of the subaltern, the idea of, you know, can the subaltern speak? Yeah. The problem has never been whether they can speak. The problem is always... Are they being heard? Are they being heard or, or listened how they're to? Being heard. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Um, do you want to talk about the ally theatre stuff? Ah, uh, yeah. Because um, you mentioned that another topic of interest of yours was um, some apparently some some attempts at ally theatre that have sprung up alongside black. Uh, Black Lives Matters movements? Is this in the yeah. States? Yeah, it started yeah. in the States and I've just kind of been thinking about how to kind of bring it to Australia or, or kind of articulate it for an Australian audience and an Australian experience because we already have enough kind of American inheritance and of terminology and ideology. Yeah. But the, the, the premise of um, Ally Theatre as articulated by these Black Lives Matter protesters, is more privileged, um, often white, often cisgender individuals who co-opt and get too involved in the struggles of less advantaged peoples Mm. and ultimately eclipse and figurehead those struggles and paint themselves as kind of the saviors of them so you see this a lot in in popular culture with the oscars um and yeah. leonardo dicaprio kind of coming out in in in, in hostility against the the lack of ethnic diversity yeah <laughs> and becoming you know the figurehead of of like oscars so white mm. it's like but why but why is leonardo dicaprio the, the figure of it you know these there's so many people talking about this it's been such a kind of a, a bottom-up movement from from um, black and, and and people of color in the Screen Actors Guild. How on earth has has Leonardo DiCaprio taken the mic? Or um, yeah, examples from across the board of, of just Macklemore. like of Macklemore, beautiful. So it's this idea that like people who are allies and and allies are so great. Most people in, who are gender and sexually diverse will will outwardly express their, their appreciation for the allies in their life. The problem with, um, with allies and, and what kind of ally theatre as a concept draws near to is these allies who kind of take it upon themselves to embrace this struggle as their own without kind of registering... Um, that they will never understand, that they should really first and foremost be listening, be supporting and doing what they can but not attempting to steal the mic, not attempting to, like, stand on stage and speak for anyone else because 
Is that's this, been happening for long enough, hey. Is this, yeah, is it just, is it something that's ha- it's been happening maybe because, like, uh, you see things like often with, like, the refugee issues in this country mm. where people often, white people will be so angry and they'll, like, put out, like, a, a call to arms to people. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, it's like, is it that sort of thing that that, 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 that Ally Theatre is? It's people, like, who are really angry and, wanna, and, like, fed up with stuff and then, like, they don't really, like, think about their own privilege mm. because... And they, yeah, that they, A, they're not recognising their own privilege and, and B, I think the issue is almost bigger than, than the individual actor in Ally Theatre. Yeah. The, the problem is more structural and the problem consists in those people stealing the mic and stealing the stage yeah. because they're privileged, because their voices are louder and more considered and because they have these opportunities that the less disadvantaged whom these struggles directly pertain to simply don't have access to. Yeah. So it's it's almost, yeah, like to, to, to run with the metaphor of ally theatre, you have a white actor and a coloured actor and they might both be stay, saying the same message. Yeah. But this white actor is at a better position on stage. They're elevated. They're in costume, you know, mm. like glistening. Everybody loves them. Everybody <laughs> loves them, you know, and that's not okay anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I get what you mean. Um, cool. Um, did you want to talk about your interest in cultural histories of queerness across, like, different diasporas you mentioned um west asia Mm. um yeah yeah for sure so i'm um afghan australian and i grew up in the states and i've always been very interested in kind of the different approaches to um queerness homosexuality Mm. gender diversity and 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 coming out Mm. And and you see them a lot um all throughout a, the Asian continent. And it's really interesting to see how the Thai articulate gender diversity. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, uh, well, the Afghans articulate um, homosexuality in particular. Mm. And unfortunately, like, they're very, very different. And the Afghans do... It's it's actually... It's, it's really sad because the narrative of coming out in Afghanistan and Iran and Iraq, um, and, and I'm sure a bunch of other countries, not even like contained by the Asian continent, are so opposed to the idea, and the opposition is so entrenched in the cultural history of kind of sexual norms that even being gay and homosexuality because it's existed all throughout like mm. the histories of these countries. Clearing the air last year, or um, maybe even partly the year before too, did this series called We Weren't Born Yesterday. Mm. And it looked into like, yeah, queer history across uh, lots of different, like a few different cultures. Yeah, we could. What were you saying? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Um, so kind of the, the, the narrative in, in Afghanistan is and I've I've heard this from from multiple people and and it's said with such a level of like nonchalance that I'm just like shocked is you are told to and this is like male homosexuality too yeah 
I've heard nothing, though I've asked about kind of like um, alternative gender articulations of sexual diversity. Mm. Um, But men who are gay are told to go play around discreetly, go like do your thing when you're young, um, behind closed doors, late at night. Yeah. And then obviously you'll take a wife um, and yeah. carry on the legacy. That's that's that that should your, your sexuality should it compromise that, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting here like dis- in disbelief, like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like what century are you guys living in? Um, but the the much worse manifestation of this then, where men, older men especially, and 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 it's tied into kind of like. Um, the privilege and power of of arming positions and like military outposts, turning to um, this culture of bachabazi, which mm. is a, a term that translates to um, basically boy play. Yeah, and it it's boys they get uh, like prepubescent boys who come and dance for them, mm. like sun bears, who come and do tricks for them who, wow. who 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 they leashed attached on leashes to the bed who are like debased and dehumanized and like highly sexualized but are like um prepubescent boys but right. because they're prepubescent and their like sexualities haven't fully developed yet there is this like um yeah it's it's really fucked up um and in these cultures and especially in like the remote outposts, it's kind of, it's just part and parcel of like this their their sexual diversity, and yeah. ultimately like it, it comes about, it, it arises because of like the the oppression and kind of the, the taboo, the repression of yeah. sexual and gender diversity, and it's just like it's testament to like to how damaging to a culture like mm. sexual repression can be mm. if um, it's taken to this end you know if it's let it's left to like to linger and and fester and mm. develop totally but this isn't like i don't mean to say this is the natural outcome of an islamic culture no and, it's, and you have to and think about lots of things like colonialism absolutely and, and, and power and ec- economics and and exactly and the fact that it's so tied into kind of um, military position <coughs> of power is exactly testament to that yeah to that colonial heritage because there are countries all around the world um, or cultures to put it better um, who enshrine principles of Islam with um, healthy or like somewhat progressive um, attitudes towards um, gender and sexual diversity, and Islam. Is something worrying you? Need someone to talk to? Having trouble at work or at home? Call WIRE Women's Information on 1300 134 130, Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. Talk to a woman who cares. It's free and confidential Victoria-wide. You can talk to us about anything. You can also talk to us in your own language through our telephone interpreter service. So call WIRE on 1300 134 130 or visit wire.org.au. WIRE is a 3CR supporter. 
You're back listening to 3CR, um, Kring there on 3CR Community Radio, 855 and AM dial. So the music that we played just then was Borders by MIA. And in a moment, we'll be back to our very interesting interview with Bobok Syed. Stay tuned. You were talking a bit earlier with me about just um, different, if you wanted to talk about that, different mm. reactions you get for like... Mm. for different identities you have um yeah. from like from white people especially yeah always from white people <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well i receive constantly um quite ig- like ignorance and and invasive questions about my internal relationship with my islamic faith and with my gender and sexual diversity and it seems so, like, bizarre to people looking in, and it's always people looking in, who that um, about how I managed to do it. Like, isn't it contradictory? Do you have internalized homophobia? Do you hate yourself? Like, um, are you confused? Are you in ignorance of the Quran? Are you God fearing? Are you afraid to be out? Just mm. any number of like bizarre, yeah, wow. bizarre questions. Um, <coughs> from white people. Oh, from white people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> they're, they're, it, it's astonishing to me because Islam is no less compatible with queerness than yeah. Catholicism yeah, or, or, Christianity. or Christianity or any other faith system, really. Mm. It's like, it's ultimately an, a very internal, a very spiritual dialogue that you mm. maintain for your entire life with yourself, yeah. and it pertains to only you, and it should concern only me. Like if I if I would ever come to someone else, a white person, for advice totally. on my, my Islam and critics, yeah. then that's a different question. But I haven't yet, and I don't think I ever will. No. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I appreciated that. Um. You were talking um, um, maybe to go back to the Pride March stuff. Mm. Um, uh, one of the things you were talking about was what a Pride March might look like without police pref- presence or, mm. you know, ethically um, compromised co- corporate partnerships. Mm. Um, what do you think it might look like? <laughs> well, like that's that's what I was saying earlier um, about uh, midsummer's like co-option of co-opt co-opting of of the Pride March, um, like that is itself like maybe with midsummer there needs to be a police presence. I guess it's like that's the key word co-op co-opting yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, maybe with midsummer there needs to be a police presence. Maybe. Um, with with midsummer, there needs to be kind of like a a organized kind of I don't know agenda here. But with if if it's a bottom up movement that that's from the community for the community, yeah, like like radio, 
um, it's it's like really you can you can imagine how, what it might look like. Mm. Mm, totally. Um, I guess lastly, you were talking about um, queer presentation and what queer representation mm. could look like without yeah. it. Yeah. So that's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> you want to? I will go into it. Go um, into it. But but first, I have to take a little tangent that's come to mind. I haven't had the chance to okay. to properly um, get this out. But like on the topic of um, <coughs> Midsummer and. Yeah. Um, the lovely work they do over there. <laughs> I was horrified because I, I was horrified when I read the description of a play called Elegy. Elegy is a play um, that aggregates the stories of gay Iraqi refugees. Mm. And it's told by um, a white production company. Um, and it's the, the only actor in the show is a white man. Right. And the director is a white man. And actually all the cast... Um, and crew are white, and the, 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 this is how the play was conceived. Mm-hmm. And the the, the 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 right. So the blurb it says, um, inspired by the stories of gay Iraqi refugees, and this rubbed me so wrongly. I was yeah. just like, oh man, this is pissing me off in advance. This is at midsummer. This is at midsummer two thousand and sixteen. I was. 2016. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was horrified that we are <clears throat> at a stage where people, like, this show is selling out. Oh, no. Um, and it's, like, the, the the crown crown ship? The flagship. The flagship show of Midsummer. Guess, yeah, because people are, like, desperate to, like, you know, consume other cultures. Yeah, and, absolutely. But, like, th- and the, the fact that it's being consumed so as funny. inspiration, as, like, almost, like, this pitying co-op- mm. co-option and, like, kind of refurbishment till it becomes, like, palatable, you know? Like, mm. like we like yes, it, it's hard to deal with just reading the stories of these refugees. Mm. So we've kind of, like, filtered it through, mm, like, a whole crew, casting crew of white people to make it accessible and, like, digestible by the white audience who ultimately paid $25 to watch it. Mm. Uh, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And then I watched it, and it still really rubbed me the wrong way. But, like, they did it well, you know? Like, they made it emotionally evocative. People in the audience were, like, getting really teary and, like, and and, and responding viscerally to this to these stories of gay refugees. And, and actually, it, com- it, calls, it recalls what we were talking about earlier with... The um the Ally Theatre mm. and how wow it's very actually a direct manifestation of Ally Theatre where these people intend these white people have such good intentions that they're stealing the mic from the people whose stories need to be heard directly yeah. and not like supplementary not in disclaimers and not like through the lens and filter of white people totally. So that, sorry, okay. <laughs> so that was my little like um, rant because I haven't yeah, had like a proper opportunity to like rant about no, it to anyone. And I'm very glad you took that just, opportunity. I'm sorry, Midsummer. Like, you, you're sure you do good work, but this year you just pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. So don't go see Elegy, everyone. It's finished. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that rubbed me the wrong way. But then, so like the idea of. Um, yeah, um, queer present, queer pre- to like repeat, <laughs> queer presentation and what queer representation could look like without it. This was oh a my gosh. just took it on a tangent um, momentarily, but okay. So the idea of queer presentation, representation, 
it actually like it, it it folds back on the idea of um the gay hierarchy that we like we opened with right yeah the idea of kind of um white able-bodied cisgender yeah straight gay men kind of like stealing the mic from yeah. disadvantaged people because they have the loudest voices and you know the loudest outfits <laughs> um and like it makes me wonder because when I walk into a crowd of of people, if I'm at a party or at an event, mm. and I hypothetically was to be surrounded by uh, straight presenting couples, you know, like mm. uh, hetero straight presenting couples, I feel uncomfortable. I feel kind of yeah. um, just alienated and really like dissociated from 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 the mass. Yeah, and so. But but that kind of eclipses and, and dismisses the level of diverse sexual and gender diversity that and, and and the passing that is inevitably always at play invisibly, you know? Like the, the bisexuals in hetero relationships, yeah. the pansexuals in hetero relationships, yeah. the um people who identify as ethnic and who have had ethnic oh, upbringings the, mm. but whose shade of skin doesn't reflect that, mm. you know? So um, it makes me wonder like, at this relationship between presentation and representation and how ultimately, despite the representation um, that there may be, when I walk into a room, like all that matters and all that's affecting me is the presentation. You know, I can't yeah. walk to every walk up to everyone and be like, how do you identify? What's your story? Sometimes like, you it's, know, <laughs> yeah. You can't really do that. Like, no. so is there a responsibility for us as as queer people to present ourselves explicitly? You know, to to go out there and, and say like, here we are as markers for and not everybody other people. can do that too. No, absolutely. Mm. I know not everybody should, but mm. it's kind of just a it's a bit of a a corner that you kind of ideologically find yourself in because mm. you like want to be able to. I don't know, I want to see, an, like, another queer person on the street. I like to. It makes me feel comfortable that mm. they're in my neighbourhood, mm. that we're together in this city, yeah. in this otherwise pretty fucked up country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just, it, it, it the, the fact that you, that you can't, you know, that you won't ever be able to, like, spot them all and that you probably, like, shouldn't and, like, there's such, such a range of aesthetics and presentations regardless mm. of, like, you know, representation is probably a good thing but yeah it's fascinating I guess it makes me yeah it makes me think about like what I like about queerness is that there's like no really one way to to present yeah absolutely um and Maybe we could finish on, like, <laughs> talking about white supremacy. <laughs> like, how... Cause we were That's talking not funny, ab- actually. Never mind, I shouldn't laugh. We were talking about... Um, it's funny when you laugh at it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's funny, like, we can laugh at it in the room because we're two people of colour. Maybe that's still not funny. No, I don't think it's funny. Um, <laughs> but, like, how white supremacy... Something I've been thinking about a bit is how it... And I'd be interested in your opinion how it sort of erases the different queer narratives that exist in different countries, different cultures. 
um, the different languages that you can use. Um, have you been? Have you come across much mm. or thought much about that? That well, we were talking earlier about the um, the kind of erasure of of indigenous visibility and like yeah. presentation, for example, let alone like the linguistic kind of erasure. Yeah, and how that kind of like what the responsibility then is to um, be visible to like to, to actively avoid passing because there's such a absence, you know, of mm. of visibility and presentation. So I feel like to a certain extent you're you're almost like reproducing a a colonial oppressive kind of like regime of like uprooting descent, you know, like it's almost like a hunter going around kind of and, and all the rabbits are just like popping out. Mm. like presenting themselves to him but we have to kind of like restructure that narrative because as, if we are considering and articulating ourselves as if rabbits just, if we just look for white supremacy everywhere do you mean yeah like if and, and if we think of the white supremacists as the only ones with like ideological mm. weapons here then we kind of doom ourselves yeah but once we kind of recognize that like the the white supremacist project has yeah. has attempted to kind of demonize and uproot ours and make us visible and and point to us and say you're wrong historically we can like be visible we can like um be out and proud and like uh, you know uh, inverted italics um <laughs> inverted and kind of restructure that narrative and restructure that gaze yeah. once we acknowledge that like historically we've been pointed at once we acknowledge that, the dynamic begins to change. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> Very intense topic, so <laughs> How are you feeling? <laughs> Fantastic. My first time on radio. Cool. It, well, it, it speaks to um, how easily it is for me to just rant about these kind of things. <laughs> and it's nice to have someone to rant to them about. Because, yeah. seriously, you talk to a lot of... Um, like I respect a white person that will engage me in these conversations because I can identify how it almost hurts them, you know, mm. like <laughs> and they start to get very defensive mm. and they start to change the topic. And to a certain extent, I understand, but like, you know, it's with white people that these conversations, that these conversations need to involve as well, you know, mm. like these, these conversations can't keep taking place in sound proofed no they need to have it on radio <laughs> room, rooms behind closed doors after um, hours cool well um yeah i guess thanks so much for coming in and just maybe you could let us know if you've got any interesting projects or mm. things you're working on coming up and yeah well i'm writing a piece for archer um on la theater and like you know uh stealing the mic as far as privilege goes in its kind of various forms i've got my thesis coming up but that will not be read by anyone <laughs> and um yeah i don't know stay tuned all right cool thanks so much for joining us no worries thanks jules <laughs> you're back live on querying the air um so that was the interview with Babak Said, and um, I had something to say, which was, oh yeah, we're going to go to some ads, and <clears throat> apologies for um, some swear words that I didn't warn viewers about, I'm very sorry. 
Um, we're going to go to some ads. <laughs> Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at bi-alliance.org. Well, if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, it's yes, you know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happening vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, flap your ears. What? Who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Flap your ears. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. So on the <laughs> on the topic of um, subscribing, T, do you have stuff to say? Yeah. So just a reminder to our listeners that it is Subscriber Week, and um, which was running from February fifteenth to twenty first. So if you just go into on, um, online to our three CR website at three crorgau or call zero three nine four one nine eight three seven seven, which takes credit card payments only, or you can visit the station itself. Um, so just a reminder that the subscription costs are $70 for wage, $35 concession, and $130 for solidarity. Yeah, so keep independent progressive radio on air. Subscribe to 3CR. <laughs> and you can also post your check on money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. That's P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Yeah, and we'll cut through to a song. Okay. Listening to 3CR Radio. Right, um, we're back on going there on 3CR Radio. Um, so that was Forever by the. That was the Veronica's. Forever. The Veronica's by Forever. <laughs> no, no, it was Forever by the Veronica's. Uh, okay, so I just got it wrong, Ryan. Do apologize about it's that. Right. So we've got a couple of, um, actually, we've got a few. We've got a few events that we're going to plug in. Um, so it's the 20th um, anniversary cultural party for Gabriella. And for those who don't know, Gabriella is this woman's political party. Um, they're having their chair, chairperson, Emerita um, Lisa Lagorza Maza, who's going to be coming in. And this party is basically going to be on the 6th of March at Laverton Community Hub. Um, doors open at 4.30 p.m. and entry by donation. Um, and it's open to all um, Filipino 
Philippine Australian women. Cool. And we've also got um, Lisa Mas will also be speaking on resisting globalization in the Asia Pacific. Um, and among those topics that will be discussed will be the U.S. military and economic pivot in Asia and Pacific, TPP impact on the people, U.S. bases, export and import of workers, status of women, particularly in the Philippines and neighboring third world countries, Filipino people's position on the contested Spratly Islands, and the continuing struggle of the Filipino people. So that'll be Lisa Maza will be speaking on that on that topic. And let me just find that will be on Friday the fourth of March, um, six thirty PM, meeting room one in the Victorian Trades Hall. Cool. Do you have any more events to plug? Today? Um, that's all I've got at the moment, have you? Wow, wow. I don't have a smartphone <laughs> to read out from. But there's an event called Rock Against Racism. It's at somewhere called Music Man Megastore in Bendigo. Apparently it's hosted by Food Not Bombs, so they're an awesome organisation to support. And I think it's starting at 5.30 today. <laughs> so turn your radio off and get down there. <laughs> um, and also Queer Provocations Festival is in Sydney. And it's 25th to 28th of Feb. It sounds really awesome. Sorry, I don't have a smartphone to read out from about what it's going to be, but it's going to be really terrific. You can probably Facebook search it, Queer Provocations Festival. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> also there's Hot Shots birthdays coming up um, in April. I think it's like April 8th. And it's also going to be a fundraiser for the Massel Collective slash the Massel Project. And it's going to be super awesome and there's going to be a lot of bands and not just punk bands, all sorts of bands <laughs> for um, all you lovers of all sorts of music. Yes. <laughs> um, so check that out and check all the other events out. What are we going to do now? <laughs> I think we might cut through with a song. We might. We might end things up with a song. Yep. Thanks so thank everyone you f- for listening. Yep, absolutely. And remember to tune in back to 855 on your AM dial yep. uh, to Querying the Air. will be on every Sunday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Yeah, along with lots of other terrific radio shows on 3CR. Yep. And we do upload our episodes on our website. So remember to check them out and share it <laughs> and enjoy and learn. <laughs> nice. Bye, everyone. Don't sing me an anthem. Cause you don't know the words Words are hard to remember When they mean nothing at all